0: Today on Laura Lynn and Friends.
1: And what is the right side? Not Democrat, not Republican, not Independent. The right side is the Bill of Rights, Truth, Justice for
2: All.
3: I'm always amazed that my dad's Bible, it seems to give me a verse that is quite apropos, you know, so do we have a show for you today? I'm telling you, I, I've i said to a few people the last few days, I feel like this is different with Trudeau. And they, a couple of people said, nah, I don't think so, including you, Gary, and you know who you are. Uh, but uh, oh, Gary always knows what's going on. But for once, maybe, maybe I, I knew, I don't know, but I just think that that once in a while, um, everything aligns, everyone's had enough, and the evidence is so huge that there's just no more grace left for the Prime Minister. And that seems to be happening because the the media is like a, a big frenzy. So I opened my dad's Bible. I love to read from the Word and see what my dad thought was important to underline before he passed away. And this would represent You know, many years of his life. But today I open it up to Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 17 says, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. And we've been saying that for a lot of days. And one thing about sin and one thing about um, deception is that the Word of God actually promises it will come out. It's not just, uh, you know, hopefully, but it's actually a promise. It is a principle of God that He will reveal the darkness. And in fact, that's exactly what He's done. So um, the first thing that, let's just start going through, we have so much stuff. You know, if you have any sort of, um, if you're not kind of aware of what's happening, we're gonna begin kind of going through some things to show you exactly what this is about. Uh, In any, when you have a democracy, one of the things that you have to have clear assurance of is that whoever is elected, that it's legit. That's why there's been some problems, you know, in the United States of America the last couple years, because, When confidence gets undermined, it hurts the whole country, because then nobody believes who's in power. If they don't think they should actually be there, there's just, there's an anger, there's a resentment, there's a rebellion, and so you have to have uh, election integrity. So when it looks like the prime minister knew things way back, so this is old news, really, um when it looks like CSIS tried to warn him that there's some interference and he did nothing and he glossed over it who cares who cares ha ah. and he he literally knew he would get away with it and he didn't care about character integrity truth and honoring a country's level of dependence on their elections. And the truth of it, when he didn't care, he brushed aside everything that somebody tried to tell him, and he did his own thing. So why do the Conservatives want to question the PM's Chief of Staff, Katie Telford, about China's meddling in all of this? What does she know? Well, what it looks like is that Katie Telford was briefed on the same things that the Prime Minister uh, has been trying to hide. And so, so of course she's culpable. So when they call for her to be put front and center, what happens? Well, there's a freak out and everybody tries to keep her from having to say anything. Why? Because she knows too much. So if you get her out there, it's one thing for, you know, to kind of be in collusion. Hey, we're all on the same page. We're all kind of, you know, we're all getting away with it all, but then what is Katie Telford thinking today? Let me tell you. She's sitting in her office uh, sipping her coffee or perhaps a margarita or something with a little bit harder liquor in it because the guy she thought that she could get away with everything on and, and you know, was sort of comfortable kind of covering for is actually being roasted by the media, She is seeing that the people that have been loyal to them for his entire prime ministership are now turning their backs on him, and she's next. What did she know? How will this all pan out? Will will she be the one who has to, you know, tell the truth? Does she want to lie for the prime minister? Does she want to go to jail? Does she want to be found in contempt of court, or you know, that she has has lied. So opposition cons- conservatives say if Canadians want answers about China's meddling in the past two federal elections, they need to hear from Katie Telford, who has ser- served as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's Chief of Staff since the Liberals were swept into power in 2015. She has been there the whole time. Oh, the secrets that Katie Telford must know. She's got to know something because, you know, And she's got to be culpable as well because you are who you hang out with. And if she could stay for that long, not resign, not get out of there, once you begin knowing. I don't know if any of you have ever been in this position, but I know that my mom and dad at one point were in their lives. And that was where they knew that somebody else was doing something very wrong and they had to extricate themselves from that situation because they could not come to an agreement of repentance, and so my mom and dad had to leave a situation and uh, put it aside. Well, here is a look at why opposition MPs say she needs to testify before a parliamentary committee investigating foreign interference, and how the Liberals are responding. Why do the Conservatives expect her to know? Conservative MP uh, Michael Cooper, and you've seen him in the news the last couple of days, And Michael Cooper, you'll remember, did an excellent job uh, calling out some of the stupidity of the government, and the Conservative Party of Canada forced him to apologize. Uh, We won't go into that today. But he presented a motion today before a House of Commons, or yesterday maybe, House of Commons committee on Tuesday, a couple days ago, calling for Telvert to testify for three hours. It's his fourth attempt to get her in front of the committee. The committee has been looking into interference after allegations reported by Global News and the Toronto-based Globe and Mail newspaper that said security officials briefed Trudeau about Chinese election interference attempts. So you'll see that all of the these uh, reporters now that get in front of Mr. Trudeau are saying when did you know? When did you know? And and they are not the same glowing little snowflakes they once were around the Prime Minister where they wouldn't ask the tough questions. All of a sudden, at least on this topic, they're asking the tough questions. So who do the Conservatives want to, to be interviewed? Not just Trudeau who can, you know, sneakily and snakily lie regarding what he knows and, you know, how all of it's gone down, Um, just him and of himself. But when you start bringing other people in, then you you begin to have to tell the truth because he might be willing to lie on this hill in order to try to save his butt. But I bet everyone else, Katie Telford, sitting in there drinking something uh, with a a little bit of um, something to give her strength is going, I don't want to be called in. I don't want to have to talk about this. So, Jugmeet Singh uh, is also being questioned ab- about the calls for public inquiry, and of course, we have to blame Jugmeet Singh because he's been holding up this Liberal government. They would fall if they, if, if Jugmeet Singh, you know, said that they weren't going to prop this um, illegitimate. Uh, well, let's just say not illegitimate at this moment. But this is the problem. This calls into question everything about the election of Justin Trudeau. Well, Jagmeet Singh's been holding him up, right? So let's see what he has to say about
2: it. What happens if they're not met? When you get to the end of this process, you don't like the fact that they are not doing a public inquiry at the special rapporteur, would you withdraw your support? That's not a decision we're making today, and
4: we'll we'll assess the information that comes before us, and we'll let you know once we see the next steps in terms of if they're satisfactory or not. But right now, we're saying very clearly that uh, the independence seems to be met with this idea of a special rapporteur, but we're still concerned about the public element of it. Canadians need to know that everything is being done to protect our democracy, and right now, we're concerned
2: about that. Your committee motion that you worked on with the Conservatives called for opposition parties to be consulted on whoever leads a public inquiry. Should they not also then be consulted on whoever uh, leads a special rapporteur? Yes, I think it's a good idea to do so.
4: Uh, In the past, that's not been the case, but I think it is a good idea.
3: Hmm. So I saw another video with Jagmeet Singh being interviewed, and uh, the reporter went so far as to say, okay, so if you find out that there's interference and, you know, all of that, are, are you going to stop this, um, alliance that you have with the Liberal Party. And of course, he said, well, we're not dealing with that right now, blah, 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 because the only reason he's in there, uh, you know, it's not looking good for the NDPers, the, the whole, everyone who has run this country into the ground, financially, emotionally, spiritually, that has assaulted the integrity of the freedom of Canadians that has taken away that peaceful feeling that we've lived with for decades, Being like Canada is the greatest place on earth and oh, look at us, look at us. And all of a sudden we're like being called out as the most tyrannical place, you know, one of the most horrendous places uh, as as far as freedoms on this planet. It's been an embarrassment to have, you know, Christine Anderson have to call out our prime minister. It's been an embarrassment to see different uh, levels of government across the world referring to our prime minister as such a tyrant and however we've appreciated it because we needed the support, because look what he did. Look what he did to freedom-loving people that were unarmed in Ottawa. He ran them over, he brought in the, the horses, and he shot people with rubber bullets. What kind of a nut does that? You're a crazy person, seriously. People got hurt. They were unarmed. Let them walk around and mill, honestly. The, the trucker said that they were leaving. They were literally pulling out, and after that, we've got the, the crazy people shooting people up. Just absolutely ridiculous. So uh, Liberal MP Ruby Sahoda well, she said that there should not be a public inquiry. And wait till you hear what her reason is for her Liberal Prime Minister to not have to face... So public inquiry, the cost.
5: I was saying the cost. The cost of just the public inquiry that's being done regarding the Ottawa LRT. The LRT for Ottawa. And that is... A small issue in comparison to foreign interference. Maybe, maybe some Ottawa members of Parliament would have, you know, might disagree. They might think that that's the end-all, be-all issue um, of importance. But the LRT doesn't even run, from my um, knowledge of it, in in all that large of a geography. However. At about um, or the last time I could find a calculation last November. So November of twenty two. So as of November twenty twenty two, the public inquiry that has is being done for the Ottawa LRT has cost fourteen point five million dollars. Fourteen point five million dollars. I, I think that's going to make it hard for the conservatives to sleep tonight I really do because I know that they are fiscally responsible or they at least claim to be fiscally responsible <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, so everyone's so fiscally responsible that we don't want to put we don't want to put a whole lot of money into doing this inquiry I mean it's too expensive let's not check to see if the liberal government actually somehow committed election fraud. We don't. There's not enough money for that. We're too busy. We're sending millions of dollars to the Ukraine, right? I mean, we we can't afford to make sure our country's completely complicit with the appropriate rules of getting someone hired. No, oh, we can't do that. Um, so. What about what's going on in the United States of America? Um, I also saw a couple of uh, just to just to go on about this. This is unraveling, everyone. Um, the prime minister had a couple of briefings in front of people today. He's being, you know, he's uh, coming in front of reporters, and he just looks terrible, doesn't he? There's something about sin that makes you look bad. You know, when you're doing well and you're walking uprightly in your life and you have integrity even the heathen can look really good you know when you're just doing what's right because the word says that the righteous are bold as a lion but the wicked run when no one is even pursuing so what happens when the wicked begin getting noticed for some of their wickedness well they don't look good they got a they got a problem you know, he looks kind of like he needs powder on his face or something. Uh, you can bet he's probably having some um, conversations with people behind closed doors. You know, you know what it reminds me of? JT, remember that movie, um, A Ghost, when the oh, guy, yeah. right? When the guy yeah. starts to get discovered that he's uh, been messing around.
6: Yep, yeah, the uh, financial guy that had him killed. But I hope it never in the movie for anybody.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then. And then he starts sweating,
6: and yeah. he starts going, <gasps>
3: <gasps> you know, what? It, like it's my favorite movie. The only thing I ever loved about Whoopi Goldberg was the movie Ghost. And when the guy who's stealing millions of dollars from everybody realizes that there's a ghost typing on his computer, and he's like, <gasps> you know, and, and he realizes the jigs up, and he goes to the bank account, and the money's gone, that's... That's what happens when we kind of get busted on things. So it's interesting. Will this be the end? We shall see. Feels like it's a lot more trouble than we've seen him get in before. No matter what scandalous things he's done, Justin Trudeau has seemed to fly above it all. But now the Globe and Mail. You know, um, we wanted to... Uh, go to that national news uh, report, right? Uh, let me see if I can just pull that up. When you begin to see that the national news has nothing but all of this bad stuff, uh, I need to stop sharing it. Look at all of these articles and what they're saying. So when you look at sort of a conglomeration of the news, um Conservative MP called out for shameful comment to Joe Lee during foreign interference hearing. Uh, For Joe Lee. See, this is brand new. This has gone up in the last half hour, from when I was looking. So they're, I guess they're saying a a few things. Does that go to a... Basically, um, he's saying Liberal and NDP MPs are calling out Conservative MP Michael Cooper over what they described as a shameful and completely unacceptable comment He made to Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie during a hearing on foreign interference. You've talked tough. You've talked tough with your Beijing counterpart, so you say. You even stared into his eyes. I'm sure he was very intimidated, said Cooper in questioning Jolie (laughs) during a combative and intense meeting of the Procedure and House Affairs Committee. Jolie and Intergovernmental Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc uh, were there to testify at the request of the committee. So is that what he said that was, you know, such a problem? I was extremely clear. Um, I looked at him in the eyes and said to him, first, we will never tolerate any form of foreign interference in our democracy and internal affairs. And second, we will never tolerate any form of breach of our sovereignty. So this is actually what uh, they're saying, and yet we know that the the records that CSIS um, has... These records have been leaked to the press. I don't know how these leaks happen, but thank God that they do. uh, Because you get to see some truth. Leaks seem to be the way that you get the truth these days. Does anyone else find that terrible? Can't we all just have all the cards on the table and trust our politicians? No, apparently not. Well in any case, I don't care why uh, Jolie's uh, having a problem uh, with all of this. Uh, Hope Conservative MP doesn't have to apologize or anything. Canada will expel Chinese diplomats if there is evidence of wrongdoing. Uh, Former Liberal MP Mark Garneau calls Anglophone minority rights in Quebec a hill to die on. Okay, U.S. President Joe Biden's long-awaited Canada visit. Oh, that's going to be fun, eh? Well, Trudeau government has spent most money per person per year in Canadian history. That he has, and he's put us into a lot of debt. So MPs say... uh, Depends, And we get into some... So facing questions about China, Trudeau, Chides, Polyev for far-right meaning. Right. Yep. It looks like when they begin talking about all of this stuff, and that's what they're making the key issues of the day, Uh, when I went on there this morning, there was all of these top things were all to do with the interference. Very interesting. They kind of change it around during the day because... Oh, who knows who's making calls to who? It's so exciting. I have to tell you. All right. Um, so a couple of new things. So we have a Chris Guy uh, video, and he's talking about something called Switch Health. Um, it's CEOs and the alleged Pierre Polyev's wife, Anita Polyev. Um so I have had a lot of people send this information to me and say, you know, do you know about Switch? Do you know about Switch? And I'm like, well, no, I really don't. I don't, I don't remember anything about this coming out. Um, so this seems to be um, kind of circulating with a fair number of people that also want integrity to be upheld as well um, in the Conservative Party. So let's have a quick look at what Chris Guy has to say. So about
4: last year, I did an expose on Switch Health. Switch Health is the company responsible for all the COVID testing kits for air travel. The first thing we uncovered is that it was a huge collaboration between the government and private industry and that Switch Health was actually set up in 2018, two years before the pandemic. Now, the two key players here were Jordan Paquette and you can check out his LinkedIn and he has worked for the official office of the, of the public health and he worked directly as the office of the prime minister specifically coordinating with the World Economic Forum it says so right on his LinkedIn the second man is the investor Mr. Calvin Rovinescu the president and CEO of Air Canada, who retired in 2020 because he realized that selling test kits that cost pennies for hundreds of dollars was far more profitable and easier than running an airline. So he became a major investor and the new senior strategic advisor for Switch Health, partnering with Jordan Paquette of the provincial government. I did an expose recently, and we tried to uncover even more dirt on Switch Health, and we used ChatGPT AI program and it pulled up an article from forbes and an article from global newswire that showed that the ceo of switch health in 2020 was none other than annetta polievra pierre polievra's wife she was shown as forbes uh, as Forbes as the person who was bringing COVID testing kits to North America, and they made this big fanfare of it And Global Newswire called her the CEO of Switch Health, Annetta Polievra, one of the most 100 powerful women in the country Now those are all scrubbed from the internet You can find the links and click on them, but it'll say 404 unfound, but the headlines are still there The links are still there. I'm gonna post all this. So let's recap Switch Health, created in 2018, is the largest seller of COVID test kits in the world. It is CEO'd by Pierre Polievra's wife in partnership with the ex-CEO and president of Air Canada and Jordan Paquette, who worked not only for public health, but directly for the office of the prime minister coordinating with the World Economic Forum.
3: Hmm. Well, it's interesting. So young athletes who are unvaccinated against COVID-19 are being denied the opportunity to compete at NAIG, the North American Indigenous Games, in July 2023. And uh, there's a couple of young people that, you know, have been, uh, there's a 12-year-old specifically being denied um, unless he's vaccinated. And in a world where we're seeing that COVID's done, um, bare minimum. And then not to mention, you know, other harms that have been put forward. Um, Very sad. I hope that the North American Indigenous uh, Games, the coordinators will actually uh, perhaps get together and maybe, like, watch the show or something like that to figure out that this is not necessary. We've, like, we're going to move on, right, everybody from all of this? To, it, it just shows just not having knowledge or foresight, definitely a problem. Um, a former U.S. Space Command physician, Dr. Bill Deagle, said this word back in 2006. Uh, it seems to be a foreshadowing of what was to come. This is fascinating, take a look.
0: National health care, now most people say, we've suffered so long. Canadians have got national health care. The British have got National Health Service. We've got to have national health care. And Hillary Rotten Clinton tried to bring national health care in with the electronic medical record, the EMR. The EMR is an electronic choker chain on your doctor that if they don't do what their Nazi Dr. Mengele commanders tell them, they'll yank their license. They'll yank their chain. They'll prosecute them, and they'll imprison them. So a large and very powerful leg of the New World Disorder is your doctor. Because most of the really bad things they want to do to you, including implantation of chips, vaccines that are psychotronic that will rewire your brain, vaccines that will insert DNA to alter your genetics, vaccines that will cause cancer, vaccines that will program so that you will actually be sensitized, I call brain tenderized, to ELF technology that can transfer thoughts and insert them into your mind and your body, and control your very physiology using scalar technologies. All of these have been developed, and your doctor will administer them. Just like the big pharma drugs that are administered that are slowly killing our elderly population and turning them into demented fools. Okay. If you think that politics is corrupt, medicine is a thousand times more corrupt. A thousand, because the victims are either dead, dying, or wish they were.
3: Isn't that fascinating? So, that's in 2006 by a doctor named Dr. Bill Deagle, and he's a former U.S. Space Command physician. And he pretty much predicted what might actually happen. So, I want to show you something on share right now. Um, This is... Okay, so... Whole bunch of people have sent this to me. So this is, as you can see, Government of Canada website. This has been quietly put up there. It's called Standard Personal Information Banks, PIB. Personal information banks are descriptions of personal information under the control of a government institution that is organized and retrievable by an individual's name or by a number, symbol or other element that identifies that individual. The personal information described in a PIB has been used, is being used, or is available for an administrative purpose. The PIB describes how personal information is collected, used, disclosed, retained, and or disposed of in the administration of a government institution's program or activity. There are three types of PIBs. Central, institution-specific, and standard. Oh, institution-specific and standard. The following descriptions are standard PIBs. They describe information about members of the public as well as current and former federal employees contained in records created, collected, and maintained by most government institutions in support of common internal services. These include personal information relating to human resources management, travel corporate communications, and other administrative services. Standard PIBs are created by the Treasury Board of Canada Secretariat. Individuals seeking access to the institution-specific personal information banks of a particular government institution should consult the institution information about programs um, and the holding chapters. Um, Okay, so... Access to Information Act and Privacy Act Request Description. The bank describes information that is related to formal requests for access to information and access to or correction of personal information made by individuals in accordance in accordance with the Access to Information Act and the Privacy Act. The personal information may include name, contact information, credit information, identification numbers, social insurance number, and other processing information related to the request as well as personal information contained in institution records that are relevant to the request. Note, bank formerly called access to information and privacy requests. Description uh, was last, last updated December 2013. Class of individuals, individuals and their representatives who make formal requests to either obtain information or correct personal information under the control of the government institution. Purpose, the purpose, the personal information is used to process and respond to formal requests made under the Access to Information Act and the Privacy Act. Okay, so um, this information um, has been getting around uh, because people are concerned basically about all of the data that is gonna be collected and stored with regard to each of uh, us as citizens. And so the government basically is um, is increasing this sort of stuff. What I'm hoping is that if we're going to face an election, uh, that all of these kinds of things are going to become very important. The digital ID, I think that's something looming on Canadians that we do not want. The digital ID that Prime Minister Trudeau is trying to... to connect with our medical services plan, banking information, trying to get one of these personal information bank things going, Um, it is all through the government documents, basically having used COVID in some way uh, to further uh, the climate agenda is what constantly comes up. I mean, how you use COVID to further a climate agenda is ridiculous, yet... Um, this is the kind of thing that they talk about. So we hope uh, for sure that this is going to be one of the topics that we want completely removed. Another one is um, the Feds uh, reject C-11 amendments to protect user-generated content from government regulation. Now, many of you know uh, we've been talking about this Bill C-11. Bill C-11 is, is something that they're going to try to use to basically control what you can watch, what information Canadians can get. And the federal government and Justin Trudeau is all over this, and they have put forward all of their um, reasons why they have to control what Canadians uh, can see. And usually it has to do with to protect democracy, which is an irony and a complete, you know, muddling of the situation, because ironically, they're the ones trying to destroy democracy. In a democracy, you don't need less information. You need more information. You need to know what you know. What are all the pieces? What is all the video available to us so that we can assess a certain situation that might be going on in the states? So, dis- despite persistent grilling from conservative leader Pierre Poilievre, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau declined to directly answer questions in Parliament Hill's question period on Wednesday on foreign interference in Canada's 2019 and 21 elections, we're back to that again, plus the Liberal government, plus, has rejected a Senate amendment to the Trudeau government's online censorship law. So Bill C-11 gets sent to the Senate, the Senate sends back an amendment, which would protect the social media content posted online by Canadians from falling under government regulations. What is that? That's what we do. That's what is happening right now. The protection of social media content put online by Canadians. They don't want that protected. No. So the Senate wants it protected, but the feds are basically saying, nope, we are... um, So look at this. And a recent uh, tweet by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stating that trans women are women on International Women's Day, which was yesterday, is receiving widespread backlash on social media. Um, And that's fantastic. People are really tired of that. And I appreciate uh, um, what uh, Maxime Bernier put out yesterday in honor of Biological Women's Day. (laughs) That biological women are to be honored. And that shouldn't be muddied by honoring a man in any way. It's International Women's Day. The question of that that we're, you know, seeing is, uh, that that is even such a question is just ridiculous. So moving to sort of some, um, uh, all right, well, there's a Christian preacher in the UK who was convicted of harassment last year for saying that a transgender individual was a man in women's clothing and has now also been reported to the UK's Prevent Counterterrorism Program, So, all over the world, understand that what uh, Pastor Derek Reimer has been going through, uh, being referred to, you know, as hate speech and all of that, when people are standing up for the protection of children from drag queens, men calling themselves women, um, all over the world, Christians, people that stand for truth, and, you know, it's not just Christians actually... We have to be honest about this. Um, Sikhs, Muslims, Jews, Christians, atheists, and even LGBTQ members do not appreciate this whole trans agenda. It's actually been kind of lumped in with the LGBTQ um, regime. And many, you need to know this, many LGB... uh, It's so many so many letters, Uh, but many of them, the LGB, they don't appreciate at all that the trans was brought in because that's not actually what they're down with at all. So a Christian preacher ends up being convicted of harassment uh, for saying that a transgender individual was a man. Um, I think that this issue is going to begin to be a real uh, cultural problem. And the woke, if they cannot deal with it, why did Christine Anderson, when she came here and she did a press conference, she said, only support someone who understands that the transgender agenda is, it's an attack against the family and against society. You must choose a leader who is able to identify and stand against it. That's what Christine Anderson said. She said someone who's a leader must be able to speak against the transgender issue. Why is, of all things, is Christine Anderson saying that? Of course, she had other things to say, which she's been called a racist for, that the women and young women in Germany are being raped by people that have come into their country, machete attacks. On top of that, though, she raises this. And of course, she'll be called... Uh, a transphobe, like anyone who has sense and understands that biology is science, and that we're not going to pretend with you anymore, and that we're actually getting kind of done with it, and you think that you can, uh, you know, allow men to go into women's bathrooms, and a leader of a country cannot speak against this, or he's too afraid to be called a transphobe? You know... Looks like Pierre Polyev's lining up to be the next leader. I do hope he'll be able to speak to this issue. I do hope that he's one who will protect women and that he'll put an end to the nonsense happening in Canada. I do hope that he'll speak out about the grossly sexual perverted books that are being put into every school in our nation. And some people will say, well, the school issue, that's provincial. You know what? When we are losing our society as a whole, that is a leadership issue. You have got to be able to speak to the fact that women are at risk here with all of this nonsense. And don't we have a, do we have a clip from a transgender weightlifter? Did Did we ever get that? Yeah, she, she was amazing. We were watching her on Tucker Carlson last night. Oh, sorry. She was speaking on the transgender. Yeah, sorry. We don't have that one then, right? I said it wrong. You do? Yeah. Oh, good. If you can find that, because uh, so she's not she's not a transgender. I'm so sorry. She is a weightlifter speaking against these men that are now going to be coming into of all things weightlifting. Um men have a lot more muscle. This is completely unfair. This is not okay to take a woman's category of weightlifting and suddenly inject a man in there. And how embarrassing. What kind of guy wants to be so proud of the gold medal he just won over beating a bunch of women? You know, take a look.
5: There was times where I couldn't sleep at night. I mean, I've been battling this for about two years now. Finally, women are coming out. I get daily emails and messages from women saying, thank you so much for standing up for women in sports. Uh, A lot of women are silenced and feel silenced and that they have no voice or they're afraid to speak up, fear of maybe getting kicked out of the Federation um, to be called names, right, Uh, for backlash. Uh, But no, we're growing stronger and louder and the amount of support is, is overwhelming actually.
7: I have to just ask since you are a woman, having a man lecture you about what it's like to be a female powerlifter, is that empowering for you? Uh,
5: no. It's I I honestly I it, no, it's 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 crazy and um You know, I I say this every day. I talked to my boyfriend about this, and I said, I can't believe we're actually having this debate and this conversation (laughs) in 2023.
0: no. The
7: trans movement is the ultimate mansplaining ever invented. It's it's just (laughs) unbelievable. April Hutchinson, thank you for coming on. Great to see you.
5: Thank you so much.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. So you wouldn't believe uh, the amount of stuff that we face uh, speaking so candidly um, here on uh, our show. We get you know, backlash sometimes and then we get some haters in the feeds and it's pretty hysterical to see them just losing their ever-loving minds because the whole world seems to have lost their minds and we're just not going to be part of it. We don't agree with it. We we think you're all um, really, <laughs> really illogical and that you're harming society and it's really not okay. And imagine this woman... Um, She's probably been training for a decade or more to get into a competition whereby she can put her best foot forward and lift those weights, be a weightlifter. And then you've got some guy coming in there. So if you've been watching in the States, um, you see that there is a whole bunch of stuff on uh, censorship, the Twitter files and the censorship industrial complex. Uh, So, take a look at Michael Schellenberg's opening statement regarding the Twitter files if you've been watching that. It's fascinating.
6: Federal government officials, agencies, and contractors have gone from fighting ISIS recruiters and Russian bots to censoring and deplatforming ordinary Americans and disfavored public figures. Importantly, the bar for bringing in military-grade government monitoring and speech-countering techniques has moved from, quote, countering terrorism to, quote, countering extremism to countering simple misinformation, otherwise known as being wrong on the internet. The government no longer needs a predicate of calling you a terrorist or an extremist to deploy government resources to counter your political activity. The only predicate it needs is simply the assertion that the opinion you expressed on social media is wrong. These efforts extend to influencing and even directing conventional news media organizations. Since 1971, when the Washington Post and New York Times elected to publish classified Pentagon Papers about the war in Vietnam, journalists have understood that we have a professional obligation to report on leaked documents whose contents are in the public interest. And yet, in 2020, the Aspen Institute and Stanford Cyber Policy Center urged journalists to, quote, break the Pentagon Papers principle and not cover leaked leaked information to prevent the spread of disinformation. Government-funded censors frequently invoke the prevention of real-world harm to justify their demands for censorship. But the censors define define harm far more expansively than the Supreme Court does. Increasingly, the censors say their goal is to restrict information that delegitimizes governmental, industrial, and news media organizations. That mandate is so sweeping that it could easily censor criticism from any part of the status quo, from elected officials to institutions to laws. Congress should immediately cut off funding to the censors and investigate their activities. It should mandate instant reporting of all conversations between social media executives, government employees, and government contractors concerning content moderation. And finally, Congress should limit the broad permission given to social media platforms to censor, deplatform, and spread propaganda.
3: Well, we faced a a massive problem in our world where, thank God for Elon Musk actually showing the collusion between the Biden administration, the FBI, the CIA, to bring the lies and to keep good information from people. Now, I still feel like we're a bit censored on Twitter, so I don't know if Elon Musk has to just, you know, flip a switch or... I mean, there's millions of accounts, so I don't know how they do it. I don't know what their mechanism is, but um, I I do feel that there has been a little bit of um, you know that it's just still kind of being kept muted because really, even when Twitter was banning all kinds of things, I have to say, like we somehow were getting to play our stuff, which is pretty good. But you still had a sense, you know, with the thousands and thousands of Twitter followers that I have that that we have not been getting uh, fair airplay, we'll see. But hopefully, um, we're gonna see an end to this, and hopefully there's gonna be laws that get put in about this, because we still have Facebook. We have to be very careful, uh, because Facebook doesn't want certain things to be talked about, even if they're fact, even if they're true, even if it's proven so, they want only their narrative to go out. And we've been watching what's been happening You know, with, I mean, let's look at the Wuhan leak. Uh, All the Wuhan information, many of us at the very beginning, we caught on that we were listening to some of the key doctors basically saying that there's no possible way that this, um, this virus came from an animal and just jumped to a human because animal viruses do not do that. You have to put in some sort of little into the DNA or, you know, they that's what gain of function is, that you make something able to grow in its ability to infect humankind, I guess. And Anthony Fauci, of course, lying the whole time, basically saying that, you know, that was not gain of function. Remember his Rand Paul was all over him about this? And Dr. Anthony Fauci did not want to admit at all that what he had participated in was gain of function. Not only that, but that gain of function that he participated in it, that released COVID to the world. That was from the Wuhan lab where he was sending funds. And basically in the hearings that are all coming out, it's all looking like uh, that That it's a, it's a fact and people know that it's from there. And even the gentleman that is, uh, I forget his name now, but hes he was the head of the CDC, or um, the one that has been uh, doing the um, testimonies the last couple of days. Redfield. Whitfield, yeah. Redfield. Redfield. Um, Redfield. He oversaw what Anthony Fauci was doing. And then as he was unwilling to become a participant with Anthony Fauci, Peter Dazak in hiding things, then he got ousted for meetings, and he wasn't like on the inside club. I guess he wasn't allowed to go to lunch with them anymore, and so he knew that there was a problem. Um, so let's have a look at, uh, we'll go to the Bill Maher clip in a moment, but Laura Ingram was talking to Dr. Oh, Massey? Yes, let's do him. Okay, Rep- Representative Thomas Massey talks about the weaponization of the CDC against the American people.
7: I also found as a result of the FOIA, CDC tracks every tweet that a congressman puts out. Not just Republican, but Democrat. They keep a spreadsheet. They make it every week. Uh, this showed up in the FOIA for me because I'm in their spreadsheet that they track. Why is this interesting? Okay, so they're tracking congressman's tweets at CDC. They're enrolled in the partner support uh, portal at, uh, at Twitter. And then I found, this is why, um, I found Alex Berenson's Report very interesting because uh, what he found out is that Scott Gottlieb worked hard and and Twitter complied it looks like to censor a tweet from a doctor about natural immunity. guess what on the same day that that doctor's tweet was censored so were my tweets on natural immunity why is this important what is what is consequential about the date this is three days after the military vaccine mandate came out and a week before the federal vaccine mandates came out, this truth was toxic to to a narrative that Pfizer was spreading, that Joe Biden wanted out there so that he could force the vaccine on everybody, whether you had natural immunity or not. Now, I actually, you guys might not agree with me on this, I don't think the press gets special privileges on the First Amendment. I I don't think Congress does. I think every American, by virtue of being an American, is, has the right to free speech enshrined in the Constitution. So I'm not so much worried that they they uh, censored a, a congressman, but they disabled all the comments from my constituents. Those are the voices they squelched. And my beef is not with Twitter, but my beef is with the CDC and these federal agencies. Mm.
3: And man, did they ever mess us over. They did not want to talk about natural immunity. They just wanted to push the vaccine, uh, even though the vaccine could not stop the spread of the virus and could not offer pure immunity. In fact, showing that within three to five months, that immunity is gone. And now, as we heard uh, from doctors uh, that we've had on, the immunity is really at risk with every shot. So hopefully... That information, which is completely accurate, is not censored on some of the other places because what it looks like is eventually everything gets found out. Eventually, the truth comes out. If you're trying to hide the truth, it's really bad on you. Whatever platform you have and you don't want the truth to come out because you've maybe been paid some funds,
6: people are going to be
3: angry. They're going to be angry because their loved ones will face harm because you censored the truth and that is going to make them blame you. And You will be held accountable and it'll be a black stain on your character sooner or later. Laura Ingram talking to Dr. Quay on dangers of GOF, gain of function research.
7: What do we risk as a people if we allow this type of, uh, of- muddying the waters on the truth at the beginning of a a health crisis to continue? Well, I think it's very clear, Laura, uh, and thank you for having me. SARS-CoV-2, which was survived, but which was an incredible uh, economic and and damage, and and one million Americans died, was a 1% lethal virus. I have established through forensic metagenomic studies inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology since uh, January 2020, that they are working on gain-of-function with a 30% lethal virus, a 39% lethal virus, and a 60% lethal virus. I'm not sure suvi- a society would survive with a 10% or greater virus. So if we don't stop them, it's going to be uh, catastrophic.
3: So for everyone who was so afraid of COVID, it was a 1% lethal virus. They're working on far worse. I think the H5N1 bird flu, as long as you're not near birds, I guess you're going to be okay, but that's like a 56% lethality. So these people, with Anthony Fauci behind all of this, I don't know what they're thinking. Do they not love their grandchildren? Do they not love their family? At least enough to go, I don't want to unleash a very dangerous virus that we have created in a lab. And if this virus got out, whether by accident or not, they can do it again. And so that's why this is such a fight. That's why this is so important that we get, you know, uh, platforms that can tell the truth that the Prime Minister is trying to stop. Because... You know what I love? When I go across the country and people hug me and they say, thank you. We made decisions for our on our personal choices because of what you said, Laurel because of the information you put out, which it wasn't my information, obviously. It was the good work of the doctors and the experts that we were able to put forward that CBC, CTV and Global do not put forward. If you appreciate this kind of programming, please help us. Thank you very, very much to those faithful people who've decided that we are worthy of you assisting, so that we can get information out. We sure appreciate it. Now, Bill Maher, I don't really, I don't really like Bill Maher. Right, uh, a couple people here don't think all that much of him either. But um, he. He's had an awakening, I think, a little. His very leftist, uh, atheist style of um, living and his production, you know, how, how he says things is uh, often, I find, kind of offensive. But as he looks back on the pande- pandemic and the lab leak uh, with respect to the Wuhan thing, yeah, well, I guess we can all take a few kudos because we, we knew it. Take a look.
0: I feel like we're entering this phase now with COVID where we are in a period of, we can have perspective, we can look back, it's over. And so there's been a number of studies recently that have come out about things like natural immunity, mask wearing, lockdowns, and of course, the big one this week about the lab leak theory. Um, I feel like the people who are the dissenters are looking pretty good. I was one of them, I remember getting a lot from a lot of places i somebody dug this up for me this week uh the daily beast (laughs) daily beast uh, had a headline bill maher pushes steve bannon wuhan lab COVID conspiracy yes it was just steve bannon well it was you know the former head of the cdc it's the fbi it's the energy department we don't know like i said we shouldn't politicize it
3: Hmm. so as everything comes out we all from this perspective he's talking about, uh, we can look at it and know that there were some people called usually conspiracy theorists that kind of had it right, and I appreciate that we can come and get on the same page with a lot of people who might not share our personal convictions and views in life, but there is some things we have to learn from all of this and moving forward, I don't think it's going to get easier. There will just be trickier ways of hiding things, but... One thing's for sure, we cannot trust, we cannot trust those who have been in leadership and we always have to look at where the money is going. Um, Now, one really cool guy, uh, Glenn Beck, the Blaze's Glenn Beck, he purchased, uh, (laughs) this is really funny, so he has purchased the Roe versus Wade collection of historical legal documents at an auction on Monday, March the 6th. So the thing is, is that all of these documents, the people that had them were kind of basically hoping that they were going to be able to get those documents into the hands of, you know, somebody, pro-abortion people, uh, people that would want to keep the documents sort of, you know, to themselves and whatnot. And so that has been taken away. So all of that, there's a kind of a picture there. Are you able to show that? A little bit. Yeah. The Archive of Historic... Documents central to the Roe v. Wade case that temporarily guaranteed abortion rights across the United States. A ruling long extolled by eugenicists and other varieties of leftists recently went up for auction and so he bought that. And it's totaling around 150 case related documents and it was amassed by Linda Coffey at the Dallas, uh, the Dallas lawyer who first launched the abortion rights case. Uh, 80-year-old recently expressed her desire to pass along the archive to the next generation of pro-abortionists, uh, but it ended up being bought by, of course, a pro-life anti-abortion gentleman named Glenn Beck. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, so, CNN uh, reactions to McCarthy's release of the J6 footage to Fox's Tucker uh, on Fox's Tucker Carlson. So I have been watching this with absolute fascination as the left has been losing their ever-loving mind. Is this the kind of thing that will be censored to talk about this, to show the footage? Because what they did was cherry-pick some very bad people who did some very bad things. No guns were found. They've said that five police officers died that day. There's absolutely no truth to that. And now, you know, CNN is reacting to it all. Take a look.
6: I want to get your
0: reaction to the fact that while this story is breaking, at the same time, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, gave Fox exclusive access to more than 40,000 hours of Capitol security footage of the January 6th attack. Uh, and obviously, that has been used on Fox to try to paint the uh, insurrection uh, as largely peaceful, largely unviolent, with a bunch of uh, sightseers. Take a listen to how Republicans are responding on the Hill to how Fox portrayed this.
6: It's a revisionist thing that I think is uh, unfair to the American people. Right. It wasn't
7: a stroll through the Capitol. Uh, it was an attack on our Capitol. Uh, it was an
0: outrageous act. Uh, a lot of people were injured. Our building was uh, was severely damaged. And uh, efforts to try and pretend that it was something other than that are despicable and, and frankly dangerous. McCarthy had a huge hand in this, why would he do that?
4: Oh, it's just so irresponsible and reckless, but it's also the most predictable outcome. So Tucker Carlson got something like 40,000 hours of footage, and he decided to air just random bits to suggest, of course, that it was peaceful, not going, you know, not airing the footage that shows people like my friend Officer Fanon being beaten and people saying use his weapon to kill him. But this, this again, this was a deal that Kevin McCarthy had made when he was trying to get the speakership. And what what I think it does is it just, it undermines everything in, in the moment that this huge lawsuit is looming, Tucker Carlson's actually leaning into conspiracy. He's not, she's not shying away from it. And I think it shows how untouchable he feels at a network that has just boosted conspiracies left and right.
3: So how does um, offering real footage boost a conspiracy? Uh, Obviously, he has a one hour show and he can't put all 40,000 hours on it. Uh, But let's understand what they did. They took the worst. Cases of some hooligans that were there on January 6th. They lied about some other stuff. They said that a police officer was killed with a fire extinguisher. Listen, guys, that never happened. And that story was retracted, sort of in in a back area, you know how retractions go, of the New York Post, right? They have all retracted it because that officer did not die that day. He died the next day or, or a subsequent day of some sort of heart issue. He didn't die, but who's the other, they say five officers died, so, so this gentleman didn't die by getting killed by uh, Trumpers. Um, the other four officers, no names, no autopsies, no nothing. Never happened, never happened. No footage of it, or it would be shown you'd bet that would be shown, right? If you're gonna say five officers died, you have 40,000 hours of footage from January 6th, there's gotta be footage of officers dying. I mean, what's the first thing you do when there's a problem going on these days, right? You, You get your phone on and you start filming because the camera doesn't lie. And so there's no footage of this so j t had a really good point my j t not the not the canadian j t um he had a good point like let's get all the footage into categories like put all the nothing to see here footage you know that's probably like twenty thousand hours not much happening and then the other footage where there's stuff and there's interesting stuff and then the footage where there's damage and and you know people might be getting hurt um Let's, let's get that into somewhere where you can really look at it. I mean, I've, I've actually seen a, a documentary that was done on all of this. And, um, and the visibility of Antifa is very clear and well-known. There were, there were bad actors in, in that group. So let's see it all. Does, does CNN, would they advocate for us seeing all the footage? I bet not. Don't they want to see all the footage? I mean, they can have a look at it. They can go cherry-pick some really bad stuff, right? Let's have all the footage out, and then CNN goes to find the worst stuff, and we'll try to find the the, the greatest stuff. The reason, oh, oh it was just a, a sit-in and a wonderful time, right? Two, two different perspectives, uh, and then let's see where it all falls. But they don't really want to do that. And here's the problem. Here in Canada... This is kind of what happened with the Freedom Convoy, with our public media who put out lies. And I was there for the entire three weeks, and I shot on the ground for the entire three weeks, and I did my best to present the feeling and the integrity with which that movement was there standing up for Canadians, for, for the fathers forced to lose their jobs because they would not Submit to a medical situation and my body, my choice. Like what happened to that, everyone? So the same thing that's happening with January sixth is what's been happening with the, uh, the the situation here in Canada. We have people still in jail being held. So this guy that was in the January sixth things, Jacob. He wandered around. We've shown video of it. Tucker Carlson shown the video of them trying to, you know, release him. His lawyer was never given that footage in his defense in a trial. He asked repeatedly if he could have all the footage to do with his client, the shaman. And apparently, this young man, I mean, clearly he's dressed, you know, all like that. He's been known to have had some mental health issues. But apparently he's the nicest and a gentle, and I've seen that, and I've seen the video. They showed the video of them praying. They all gathered, the shaman gathered to pray for the police officers. There was no violence, and they're putting him up to be the kind of like, you know, one guy on one of the CNN or, or one of these other things was like, shoot him, shoot him. Wow, I am sure glad you're not a police officer. You think it's okay to shoot an unarmed guy with some mental health issues who's wearing some fur and some horns and praying for police officers. Shoot him. Shoot him. Wow. You're all kind of crazy, you know? We're not crazy. You're crazy. Let's all keep a cool head about who's on the wrong side of history on a lot of issues right now. Um, McCarthy defends release of, uh, did we already see that? I saw, well, I saw the CNN, okay, yeah, so, so this is the Speaker of the House, and he defends the release of those January 6th tapes. Because
2: of the footage that you
4: gave Tucker Carlson, last night he went on, said this was a mostly peaceful chaos, as he said, he downplayed Brian Sicknick's death, said it was not related to January 6th, that this was not an insurrection. Do you regret giving him this footage so he could whitewash the events of
5: that day?
2: No, um. I I said at the very beginning, transparency. And so what I wanted to produce for everybody is exactly what I said, that people could actually look at it and see what's gone on that day. But why, Mr. Speaker? portrayal of what happened that day? Look, each person can come up with their own conclusion, but I, what I just wanted to make sure is I had transparency. Do you because it? I know in CNN, I mean, I had here where you guys actually broke where we were. This was a secret location, Fort McGlare. I don't know if you got concerned by that. I don't even know from, uh, point of view of security, if we could ever be taken there again. But when you broke that at CNN, that was a real concern to a lot of people. I had a real concern also when I wanted to make sure transparency looked. Um, The officer's death is tragic any time an officer is passed uh, in this situation. Uh, I want to make sure they're protected. I want to make sure the transparency is goes forward. Mr. Speaker, the speaker, speaker, the speaker. The Harvey, was, was this in any way part of the deal that you made to no. win the Speakership? No. To specifically give the content to no, the No, the answer is no. If, uh, if you follow, I'm not sure if you were there the times before. I got asked the question um, in a press. What I would do in the process. I watched on January 6th committee how it was only politically Now on the January 6th committee, you couldn't, the minority side wasn't allowed to put people on. Um, And I just thought it was fair, if someone asked me the question, just transparency. So what I tried to do is be able to release the information, which we'll do to everybody. I worked with the Capitol Police, I asked them for any clips, on the way that they had concern with the security level, only one of the clips did, and we were able to change that. An interesting thing the Capitol Police told us when we went through this is that January 6 never asked them about that. <laughs>
3: wow! Well, and you know what? Uh, like they think that somehow uh, the Speaker of the House, uh, you know, negotiated this in order to get his position or whatever. But um, and I watched very carefully and. Um, Tucker Carlson, who ended up getting the footage from Speaker uh, McCarthy, um, was not actually in that big of a favor of him being the Speaker of the House. Kind of seemed to be doing some shows against it. And so I don't think there was any collusion there at all. But look at them still talking about this officer like he died uh, at the scene. And, um, and, There seems to be footage that is showing that that is not the case. No officers died that day, none. And so there isn't proof, there is no autopsies. And still you get the mainstream media putting out information that five police officers died that day. Do you know when police officers did die and were very hurt during the riots? of 2020 the riots in portland different cities where all mayhem broke out that's when people died and people who were seen on video to be doing heinous things burning down the cities um were bailed out by the democrats they literally put up their money to get them out and they were never charged so these guys ask it. They're they're just they're they're incensed that everyone gets to see the truth. I'm sure that forty thousand hours of footage is gonna be released to everyone. So have at her. See what you can find. Um, it just seems so easy. If like there's got to be footage, and if footage is shown that officers died, then you go okay. There it is. But there has been none. All right. So the Blazes Glenn Beck. um, He he weighed in on this as well. He calls the press liars.
1: Does not report honestly on the videotape because if I were in the press and I saw this and I had been defending Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and all those people in the on the. January 6th committee, and I knew that they had bookmarked places that they didn't show that show a completely different story, I would be pissed because my credibility is gone because I trusted you. I believed you were on the right side. And what is the right side? Not Democrat, not Republican, not independent. The right side is the Bill of Rights, truth, justice for all.
3: I think that this is a theme that is getting very popular, is that we can no longer say, okay, if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican, uh, you know, we can have division by those lines. Not at all. It's truth or lies. And this whole January 6th thing, it actually revealed whose side they're on. It revealed the Republicans like Liz Cheney. What a sick and deviant woman she is. What a lying snake in the grass. I do not know how much money she must have received to become such an evil person as to allow such lies to be told. I do not know. Something's wrong. So these Republicans, many of them, have come on side, and they're livid as well. So Tucker's uh, comment, much like Glenn Beck's comment, is it's not a division any longer of liberal or conservative. It's a division of truth and lies, or truth and woke ideology. That's the division. And when you are livid because truth is revealed, video that does not lie, something's wrong with you. That should not be a problem. Even if you don't like the footage, you should be thrilled that you can go and find thousands and thousands of hours to prove your side. Go ahead, do it, CNN. Put it all out there. All right, um, last video, oh no, yeah, just uh, maybe in a short one. Tucker interviews Canadian female, oh no, we did that. We're done, I think, right? The only thing I do have is Christine Anderson hugging people. Uh, Some people still maybe don't even know who Christine Anderson was. Um, Can we put it up louder? I will, but I want to hear what she's saying. Christine Anderson, this is some of my favorite footage of her. Uh, she was met going in my town truck. to town.
2: Right here, right there, she anywhere. was crying.
3: She was so moved by the people of Canada. I'm so proud of you. She has had her reputation
5: slammed.
3: She's not an anti-Semite. She is not a Holocaust denier. She is not a Nazi I never expected, enthusiast. I never it. She is not a racist. And she is not an Islamophobe. She came to Canada invited by a couple of great freedom fighters. And she was warmly received and loved. Because she stood up for us. And, um,. I do not like that part of what she'll remember is that she came to Canada as an invited guest and was scorned basically by every politician. And thank God three people met with her, then forced to apologize. But she stood for us, and I sure like her. My name is Laurelyn Tyler-Thompson. My website is laurelyn.tv. I really, really like doing life with you. And every day, as we kind of go through what's happening in Canada, I absolutely love knowing that we're together. Um, We pray for peace. We pray that we will get some sense of joy in the coming days and that we might have a reprieve. But most of all, I do pray that. We will have justice in our land, and that we will vote for righteous leaders, and we will find them, and no matter what, can we just all agree to disagree on certain things? And some of us, even watching right now, you'll say, well, I kind of like that you stand for this, Laurelyn, but I don't necessarily like that you stand for some other things, or you don't have agreements with all of my perspectives that's okay and I welcome them I've been uh, I try to respond uh, to some of my critics in my emails and mostly I have positive emails with people saying thank you thank you thank you for speaking the truth I appreciate that you are willing to support a show like this if you have perspectives I'm willing to look at them and willing to talk about it and you are able to, in the comments, we never disable comments on our shows. Some people who do not want the comments ever revealed, do you know that they'll play a video or say stuff and then they disable the comments? You're allowed to say anything you want. And unless you're abusive, we're not kicking you off at all. We're we're just going to say, well, you know, you don't agree and that's okay. Um, It's okay. And we're going to get through it. If you are thinking about gold and silver, we ask that you would uh, get a hold of Steve Merrill at sovereignize at protonmail.com. We can only give so much information. It does appear that people are saying that there is going to be an adjustment financially and that we have printed a whole lot of money with no backing. It's literally paper. On the day... That all of the liars and the deceivers decide that they can no longer hide it. On that day, an emergency will be put forward. There will be a crisis. The banks have every uh, we we've all signed papers when we get accounts and stuff. You don't you know all that paperwork that you sign. Well, banks have the right to basically seize Canadians' account, hold it and maybe release a certain percentage to you, but they have a right to hold your money if there's a crisis. I don't know why they'll want the worthless money, but anyways. So we have an opportunity to think ahead and to decide what might work for us. So buying silver and gold, it's tangible, and it's a hard asset. And silver has been kept artificially low for a long time. So we bring this to you. We just can't make you do what might be a good idea. We can only give you. We can lead the horse to water, and uh, and we hope that you'll consider having a look at that. So I want to read to you today um, from a. I get tremendous um, strength from. the Lord's word, because it gives me peace. Colossians 3 verse 15, it says, "'Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Do you know that there's um, songs that are beginning to break out in the world in protests? People, uh, so I saw a couple of videos where people are protesting, but what they really do is they just go and they just sing. they're, They're not making trouble. They don't have any guns. They don't have weapons. The weapons of their warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. What we're facing in our nation right now, I don't, I don't know how it's all gonna be resolved, but I do know that there's been a lot of warfare going up. There's been a lot of people praying, a lot of people who have joined with other like-minded people to pray. You know that there's prayer, prayer meetings going on and a lot of them to have Justin Trudeau dealt with. People pray that. We're, we're allowed to in the Word of God. Basically, uh, like in, in Proverbs, I think Proverbs 29.2, I think I can find it super fast. What it says is that it talks about a righteous leader. And um, when the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. We've been groaning. We've had a lot of groans and unhappiness in our nation. And when God stores the peace of a nation, the people celebrate and they begin to sing. We pray for that. We have some challenges ahead. And all I know is that I'm gonna let the peace of Christ rule in my heart and I'm not gonna let my peace get taken no matter what happens. And once in a while, I want you to remember this scene right now. You grab your coffee, sit back in your rocking chair. You're so lucky to have one. I need a rocking chair. I kind of have a, I have a couch with a thing that moves up. And you put your feet up. Drink your coffee. Say, isn't it good what the Lord has brought about? Isn't it good that he is faithful to do what he says he's going to do? That he will bring justice, and that if you trust in him, his peace will be our portion. Of it. I will say to you that it's important that you rely on the peace and the grace of God, even when circumstances are not ideal. When we do not see a great victory of any kind, or we receive a victory and then there's a little bit of difficulty, if there's more assaults from the enemy, that you remember that God is God of the storm, no matter what phase it's at, and He is trustworthy. See you tomorrow, everyone. You know it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support.